Welcome to the Rekindling Ministries podcast series. One of these days, I'm going to just start this like a German. Um, <laughs> there you just, go. Just to confuse people. Um, this is season two, episode 2.02. And we're, uh, today, we're diving deep into the Know Thyself process. And this week, we'll, we'll be talking about the first introspective question uh, for Know Thyself, known as What Are Your Beliefs? Uh, my name is Shannon Kirkpatrick, and I'm the facilitator for Rekindling's uh, workshops and studies. And my name is Zach Rios, and I am a student at Liberty University studying youth ministry and minoring in pastoral leadership. All right, so Zach, can you just kind of in your own words give us a quick recap of last week, which was the first episode of season two, or explain the, the Know Self concept? If you're talking with somebody, um, you know, so you don't have to give all these technical descriptions, just yeah. in your own words, what's Know Self all about? Basically, when I try and describe Know Thyself, I say that it's a process that you go to trying to figure out how you're wired, and so then you can figure out uh, your calling and also just just figure out your own self, and so you can be more aware of how God wants to use you in the future. What does that mean, figure out your own self? Um, just introspectively... Uh, figuring out what makes you tick. We have the different categories that you go through, the values, beliefs, Mm -hmm. um, some personality tests, different things like that. Just a lot of different ways so you can look at yourself through a different lens um, and figuring out uh, just how you're wired and so then you can see just your calling and purpose and that sort of thing. What would you say to somebody who who said... like I would like to understand myself better, but I have I have no concept of where to even begin. What would you say to them? Yeah, I think that one thing that you can do to get to know yourself better is just listen to the next series of podcasts that we're going to be going through. <laughs> shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> shameless plug for the podcast that you are already listening to. So shout out to you for uh, doing that. Yeah. Um, but. I think that one way that you can start doing that is just um, through prayer. Uh, if you're a believer, ask the Lord to just start illuminating different aspects of yourself to mm-hmm. yourself as you work on growing. Um, and then, I, I mean, I honestly do believe that going through this whole perspective and paradigm with us will help you figure out like this episode what your beliefs are and then you can begin to figure out some of the other things as well what would you say to someone who said um i pretty much know myself already i think that you would be very surprised to figure out even more things about yourself um a lot of people are quite aware of their own selves and what's going on in their lives and everything like that but i think that there's definitely aspects of yourself that you don't know or Mm -hmm. you don't know as well as you think you know. Yeah, there's always some detail. Yeah, and so just figuring out what that is and just really exploring that in a different way is something that this can really accomplish. Yeah, good. Okay, so you know, we talked last week. We're going to methodically go through uh, seven to nine introspective questions about yourself for this season. The goal being at the end, more than anything, really just to get a better feel for who you are, mm-hmm. what you can embrace, what you should tweak, and then possibly, like you said, what your calling is, right? Yeah. So the, so tonight, the, 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 this episode, uh, the first question is, what are your beliefs? Mm-hmm. So um, what, what we're looking for here is, what are the core um, paradigms, principles, concepts, ideologies that you have that actually affect your life. Mm-hmm. So uh, everybody has a plethora of, of beliefs. Yeah, We're looking for the core ones that actually affect the decisions you make and the actions you take. Mm-hmm. And usually they are uh, philosophical or theological in nature. So that's what we're gonna walk through tonight is to help you identify, um, you know, so what is a belief, but then, and then have you list out what your beliefs are and then what that means, yeah. right? Um, 
And so, and so we're looking for um, it could, now. These things could be just like general principles. There's a spectrum here, right? Mm-hmm. And so, as a listener, you're going to answer this however you're going to answer it. Yeah. So you may end up having these really general principles. You may have these really detailed, laid out paradigms. Um, they could revolve around your thoughts on God and the Bible, or about people in life in general. Um, we're going to give some examples in a little bit with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's what we're looking at tonight. Okay. Yep. So with that, before we even get into it, why do you think? It's important to actually identify and evaluate your beliefs. Yeah, I think one of the main reasons is just because we all have them. Uh, in yeah. some in some aspect, either subconscious or conscious, you do have beliefs that affect your actions. And so once you actually come to grips with what those things are, mm-hmm. you can actually begin to figure out, oh, so that's why I think the way I do about this or in this certain this certain situation mm-hmm. or different things like that. And so it can just be really illuminating. Um, it's interesting. The whole, this kind of brings up the whole nature and nurture discussion. Yes. Um, are you the way you are because of how you're raised or how you are? I, I think it's both yeah, some sort I, of combination of the two um, that your environment definitely does impact how you see things in your paradigm and worldview, whatever word you want to use. Um, but also the education that you um mm-hmm and education and all of that, but also just the way you are, uh, just hardwired. I think that that also does play a part. So whether you realize it or not, you have beliefs. Yeah. And those beliefs come from a number of factors. Could be genetic, obviously yep. the nature and nurture, everything you were just saying. Mm-hmm. And whether you realize it or not, your beliefs actually affect how you do things. Yeah. So an example that we could give is, let's say... One of your beliefs, maybe you were always taught this by your parents or whatever, but mm-hmm. you believe that time is money, um, that, that time is a, is a commodity, right, that has value to it. Yeah. And another thing that you believe is um, people should be wise stewards um, of their resources. Mm-hmm. And another thing you believe, and you're more of a black and white type individual. So subconsciously, you believe that time is money, and you believe that wise people, you know, steward their resources well. Um, and so, if you don't do that, you're unwise. Mm-hmm. You're ignorant. Sure. Um, and then, and and um, uh, there was something else. I, I just lost my train of thought. But anyways, so let's say so. These are some underlying um, thoughts that you have. Mm-hmm. Oh, respect um, that it's important to respect others. Yeah. So these are some underlying thoughts that are kind of on the subconscious level. And let's say you have a meeting with somebody and they show up 15 minutes late. That triggers your subconscious beliefs. Mm-hmm. So in your mind, you're like, okay, so time is money. And okay, well, okay, first of all, wise people steward their resources well, such as time. Yeah. So this individual is ignorant hmm. because of that black and white type thinking. Yep. And they're ignorant about managing the resources, and so they're not managing their time well, and that actually disrespects me. So now on a subconscious level, even if this is not to a great degree and it's only a slight degree, mm-hmm. you're slightly perceiving that person as ignorant and disrespectful yeah. based on the if-then set of beliefs that you have. So subconsciously, you now partially think this person is ignorant and disrespectful. That's going to affect the tone of the meaning mm-hmm. of the meeting. Right, so that's just an example of how your beliefs will, and we can give tons of other examples. But, yeah. But so, 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 yeah. So it's important that we identify our beliefs because it, <coughs> excuse me, it'll help explain mm-hmm. why you do what you do or why others do what they do. 
Yeah, and it's just important to make that realization that your beliefs impact the way that you perceive the world in life. Mm -hmm. Um, It really just goes back to something we were talking about last week with the whole thing that your perspective influences your understanding and your understanding influences your attitude and that in turn uh, influences your behavior, which also goes back to the previous season, Be Do Have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Just how everything's a lot more interconnected and complicated than we like to think it is. Um, And so recognizing, like you were just saying, the core beliefs behind your thought of the person in the meeting because it might it might not look like that to you you probably aren't going to go through and say hmm i think time is money and right, you need to be respected that, right. but when someone walks into a meeting late you're just like why don't why don't mm-hmm. you respect me why are you doing mm-hmm. this and immediately that decision's been made mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what we're hoping to do is take a step back and say okay why did you just come to that conclusion mm-hmm. um and so that even goes back to the whole minion idea that we were talking about last mm-hmm. week, um, how your subconscious mm-hmm. little minions are running around trying to figure out what's going on, and they take a whole bunch of information, synthesize it, and send it and up. Give you the simple one, yeah. So, so this is why it's important. That, you know, so why are we even? Why is beliefs the first question? Because they are so foundational mm-hmm. to how your mind works. And so this is one of those knowing is half the battle type things that we want you to actually sit and write out yeah. these beliefs that you have. Um, and, and you can and we're gonna have you unpack them, we'll do the minion thing, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll have you and we'll just we're trying to get some uh, implications here, you know, yep. from this. It also we're gonna probably reference spectrum multiple times <laughs> in this episode. Mm-hmm. There's just a spectrum to beliefs and so trying to respect and that balance and tension, which we'll get to later, yeah. uh, about those that have beliefs different than you, et cetera. So, so that's what the beliefs are, and why beliefs are important to and, you know. And we could spend a whole hour just on that. <laughs> and and I'm realizing you need to kind of just hit on the point, and the listener is either gonna okay, got it, and they're good to go, or yeah. I reject that, you know, whatever. Sure. So going, so now let's go into the actual the exercise. So what you're gonna do, you the listener, is you're gonna identify. Um, what your core, probably five to seven beliefs are. Mm-hmm. Again, you have m- many, many more than that. Yeah. But we're looking at the core ones, the foundational ones. And what we're going to do is we're going to give you some examples because when I first started in this process 10, 15 years ago, and I was trying to, like someone asked me what are your beliefs, well, you know, you're starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. And you started like reciting off all that doctrine <laughs> yeah. that, that you... You grew up under. Mm-hmm. But then as I started thinking through it, so one of the things that was helpful for me was one of the books I had read, they listed examples. And I was like, okay, this is helpful for me because yeah. now I have a starting point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were even saying this beforehand that if, you, if you're starting from scratch, it's really difficult where if you have a starting point, you can evaluate and we'll, we'll come back to that later on. Yeah. But anyway, so, so we're going to give you some examples so you can see kind of how one might answer what their beliefs are and then and then and then you can go from there mm-hmm. so what we'll do is is i'll let you go first okay um so we obviously you and i both have gone through know they self already we have um so go ahead and read how many did you have i actually ended up with just four four okay so go ahead and read off uh your four yeah and just a quick note before i go i took i i really value precision with language and different things like that and Amen, so <laughs> my wow. My four um, are very dense. Um, they're okay. more of a sentence than a phrase. So just want to preface it with that, that there are different ways you can go about this and go with either shorter statements or longer ones. 
Regardless, uh, my first foundational belief is a biblically-based, Christ-centered worldview is the only fully coherent worldview, and by applying the truths of the Bible, deeper understanding regarding all things can be attained, at least to an extent. And I'm guessing you were very particular yes. when you chose your wording in what order. You probably rewrote it several times, right? Yep. Yeah. That wasn't just sat down, hey, here you go. Right. Um, so that was my first one. Okay, second one. Uh, there are real reasons people believe the things they do, and through understanding where they are coming from and the work of the Holy Spirit, the incoherencies in their worldview can be demonstrated and they can turn to Christ. And so that's more of that evangelistic type mm-hmm. mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, thirdly, God desires to have a restored personal relationship with all mankind, so he graciously and lovingly sacrificed to provide the opportunity to all. And then lastly, Uh, God has a plan for my life that is even bigger and wilder than I can even imagine. And as long as I'm actively searching for a deeper relationship with him and am obedient to the prompting of the spirit, there is not one set type rope path I need to try and find. And that's just something, uh, since I am in college and trying to figure out all of my future stuff, that was just something that recently has really been uh, something that I've needed to hold on to because mm-hmm. there's there can be a lot of pressure to say, oh, no, you need to find the one mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the thing. And we tend to speak in more bullet, uh, right. just you need to find this specific thing. And I've really been learning that it's a bit broader than that, but that's a longer discussion for another time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll try to keep the rabbit trails to a minimum. <laughs> yeah. um, that first part reminded me of that quote that, Life is not meant to be wrapped up in a uh, pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to slide into the grave grave uh, sideways, thoroughly used and bruised and loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. Yeah. Right? Um, which reminds me, by the way, so as we go through these beliefs, you might have these very technical, uh, full sentences. Mm-hmm. You might have a quote that you just feel expresses your belief yeah it might be a short pithy statement mm-hmm. right so there's there's different approaches you you can take to this um and I'm, and even as i'm thinking i have a lot of respect for podcast listeners because i'm such a visual person <laughs> so even as you're reading this stuff off i'm like i'm not i'm not processing anything of what you just said yeah um because i need to i need to see it yeah um and so i know when i when when I listen to the podcast. I have to play it back. Like, wait, wait, hold on, what? Um, mm-hmm. Because I need to hear it several times if I can't see it. But yeah, um, but I'm assuming that if you're listening to the podcast, you're probably an, at least a somewhat comfortable in auditory learning. <laughs> yeah, and you're fine. So, uh, all right, cool. So mine, uh, I have uh, six. <clears throat> uh, I have the Holy Scriptures are from God. God's love is awe-inducing. This life is the prologue. Heaven is the real story. Uh, we all need to step up in maturity. Um, we should look at life through the EIE and be do have lenses, and life occurs on a spectrum. So some of those lenses that we did in season one kind of play into mind. Yeah. And then I've you know I've written fuller versions uh, of of each of these as well. We'll, we'll get into the unpacking. Mm-hmm. So so those are ours. Um, and then I'm going to read off. We have a list of, you know, we've had, I don't know, 300 people go through Know Self over the years. Something like last that. Last couple of years. Um, and so we've started recording some of those beliefs. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to read off to you uh, some of these beliefs. And you'll see some of them are, you know, spiritual and theological. Some are more philosophical. Uh, but the, this is just more ideas uh, of, of different beliefs that individuals have that affect the way they live their life. So we'll just kind of just go back and forth with that. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody is perfect. Everyone sins. Authority, structure, and discipline provide stability. 
There is goodness in everyone. God has a purpose for everything. Purpose is the glue that brings all things together. Oh, I like that one a lot. Uh, variety is the spice of life. I must rely on God if I want to accomplish anything of significance. God defines reality. Treat others as I want to be treated. Love is paramount. It's the ultimate power. Satan has a deceiving agenda. Uh, and there is purpose in pain. And then the things of this world are enticing but temporary. Oh, I like that one too. I like that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the purpose in pain one actually comes up a lot. I think a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people, one of their core beliefs is something about pain. Hmm. Now, sometimes it's a more negative connotation, uh, a doomsday. Other times it's more you know, hope-filled, mm-hmm. but it, it is a common thing. And I'm looking forward to, of course, we start the Unpacking Suffering you know, tomorrow night. Yeah. But I'm hoping when we get to season three or doing Unpacking in season four, mm-hmm. we could talk a lot more about the suffering issue. Yep. Okay. Um, all right, cool. So those are some examples for you. So what you can do now, th- this should give you a little bit of idea of, of what you're trying to accomplish here, of how would I write out my core five to seven theological and philosophical or social beliefs that I have. Mm-hmm. So you can either pause the podcast now uh, or stop it, I guess, and take time. Because this is probably going to be – now, some people actually – I know some people can sit in 20 minutes and they knock theirs out. Yeah. Others take a couple hours over a couple of days before they can do that, right? Mm-hmm. So you take as long as you need uh, and you can write them out and then come back and listen to the rest of the podcast. Or you can go ahead and listen to the whole podcast now just so you can get a full big picture of all of it. Mm-hmm. And then you can go back and, and write your beliefs out and then maybe come back and listen to the podcast a second time. You, you kind of do whatever you want. Yeah. So we'll pause for a moment uh, dramatically. Okay, and we're back. <laughs> uh, all right, so now we're assuming now that you've written out, written versus written, right? Uh, uh, obviously, people. <laughs> Anyways, um, you've written out your core beliefs. So now what we're going to do is we're going to talk, because you want to unpack them. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about how this works. And so you mentioned the minion concept. And so this, uh, the last episode, I, we might even know that in the first season too, but just, just a quick explanation well, you already said this, but you have your conscious and your subconscious. Mm-hmm. And when your brain is thinking, the subconscious is in full mode, right? Figuring everything out. So imagine you've got 80 or 100 or 36 different <laughs> minions or whatever running around. Like mine probably don't wear overalls, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, so you got your minions in your head. And so your brain, and they're, they're in hyperdrive, and they've got whiteboards and, and data files and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when a question is asked of you, like, what are your beliefs, they're figuring all this stuff out. But then you had said that our conscious level can't always process that volume of information, right? Mm-hmm. So, so your subconscious is going to simplify what it's been processing through yeah. to your conscious level. So when you're looking at your beliefs right now, you, they're probably at a conscious level more of like a summary of what all the actual nuances mm-hmm. and, 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 and facets to what you believe. So what this unpacking process does is it helps you pull all that up to the forefront. Yeah. And this can be a little bit awkward with the podcast, but we're going to try to walk you through to see if you can do it on your own. Um, when we do the Know Thyself group, we obviously do this face-to-face, mm-hmm. right? So anyways, um, so what you're going to do, we're going to walk you through some, some, some steps here um, of, of what this might look like. So the first thing, so, so you're looking at your, your beliefs, and so just take one of them, and we want you to diagram. Remember diagramming sentences? Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I actually <laughs> kind of enjoyed that. But um, you're basically going to, you're going to um, break apart your sentence there. You're going to break into its key components. So like as you're looking at your belief, make a little note to yourself. And, and by the way, I realize 
we're going really in detail here. Mm -hmm. And there'll be certain listeners like, ah, I'm good. I want to encourage you to go ahead and take the time to do this. Yeah. Because I really do believe that the more effort you put into this, the more you're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could spend hours. We're not saying hours, but we're saying 15, 20 minutes, right? Yeah, and if you're just a little skeptical, like I'm not really sure if it's worth it, we would both just encourage you to just give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, just try it. If right. you're leaning towards the more skeptical side of things, that's fine. We're not asking you to um, just come out and say, oh, these guys know everything and they're just the best. Um, go ahead uh, and have your doubts, but just give it a shot. Mm-hmm. So so take your first belief, and then what are um, the key nouns in that belief, what are the key verbs and, and what are the key modifiers? Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and um, what do each of them mean? So to me, one of the big, big things about rekindling is definitions. Yeah, It's so helpful to actually work through how you would define something. And when I say how you would define it, I don't mean you can make a word b- mean whatever you want. want to mean. But you're going to verbalize or word that in however you know. There, there's a core. You know, this is what that word means, mm-hmm. or it might depending on where it might be nuanced. But but here's the core meaning. How are you going to verbalize that or express it? Mm-hmm. Right. And so and so the analogy I give is: imagine I'm from a foreign country. Like I'm from um, Liechtenstein. That is a very specific example. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't get used enough. Okay. Yeah. So I'm from, and I can't do a Liechtenstein accent. I could probably fake one you wouldn't know. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm from Liechtenstein, and I'm here in America because America's great. I love this country. <laughs> and I'm, I'm learning English, and I'm taking a big vocabulary test uh, next week. And so I'm studying this vocabulary list. Mm-hmm. And let's say some of the key, key words that you have in your belief um, are in in my uh, on my voca- my vocabulary list. Yeah, and so I say, hey, what what does that word mean? And, and I'm thinking like a Merriam-Webster or Farlex type dictionary definition. Mm-hmm. And so, like for example, um, uh, how would you like? Let's say to um, to respect. What would be a? That's a loaded one. Maybe we should pick a different one. <laughs> um, how you know what to know. So let's say in your belief somewhere, like one of your beliefs is blah, 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 something about to know something is blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so you have the word to know, K-N-O-W. And so I said, okay, that's, that's a verb, yeah. to know. What would be like the, the dictionary definition of to know? I'm just putting you on the spot here. Yeah, let's see how good my internal dictionary is. Um, I think that there's a couple different things that to know could mean. Um, but one definition that you might use is to be aware of the details of something. Um, I, I What I'm thinking through right now is I remember my, I believe it was my youth pastor gave a sermon on uh, the different types of know in scripture. Mm-hmm. And so oh, there's mm-hmm. to know about. And so like oh, I go. know, uh, th- I mean, fill in the blank with whoever it is. I know mm-hmm. who. To have information. Yeah. yeah. Like I know who Jimmy Johnson is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a race car driver. He's won all sorts of things. Um, but if I were to be standing next to him in a lineup, oh, you, he wouldn't you couldn't say I, would, I don't yeah, know him. I don't know him personally, but right. like with Shannon, I know you. Right. I have your phone number. Like we talk, and so you recognize to it. The yeah. yeah. And so even with that word, figuring out what degree are you talking about? Yeah, are yeah. you saying no, like deep, full understanding, mm-hmm. or have an awareness?
awareness of. So there could be different definitions to any given word. Mm-hmm. So if you, so when you're defining a word in, in your belief, you wanted to define it according to the context that you're using it. Right? Yeah. So so you go through and you look at the nouns, the verbs, the modifiers, and and then it just like if you were to write a little short partial sentence you know definition of that concept what would it be that can be really interesting because a lot of times like for example some of your beliefs it's a phrase you've always heard Mm -hmm. and so then you always just use that phrase but actually there's some dissonance in you because how you define that word and what your actual belief are are like two different things and so then when you go to define it oh you know that's not really what i mean actually i want to use this word Mm -hmm. instead Right, and this is where synonyms is so helpful. Yeah. So, so the first thing you're doing unpacking your beliefs is you're looking at the key concepts such as the nouns and verbs, etc., and then and then and then recognizing what is like the basic definition I would have of that. Yeah, and it's also really important to start thinking through why you decided to include the words you did. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely a fan of just precision of language and yep. uh, different things like that. And so, why did I decide to say um, coherent? describing the Christian worldview. Mm -hmm. Um, So just figuring out what, and part of this goes directly back to the definitions. Um, Mm -hmm. If you use a word a certain way, then you want to use that word in that way in your definition. Um, But just figuring out, because you can learn a lot from someone by the way they word things, and especially the way they word their beliefs. Because we could say very similar things and describe the same thing, Mm -hmm. but the descriptions that we use will be different, mm-hmm. and that'll tell you something about each of us. Mm-hmm. Nuances. Yeah. yeah, and so just figuring out why why is that going on can really help you unpack your belief, and then also just how your words tie together. Mm-hmm. And so maybe is maybe that looks like a combination of words that when it comes together means something, or just different things like that, trying to figure out why that combination of words you use. Like if you use two adjectives for something, why'd you pick those two? Mm-hmm. Why'd you pick those two together? Mm-hmm. Uh, and just different things like that can yeah. really help you get to a deeper level with your definitions. Th- this is making me think. So we just did the the two part delighting in God's workshop for gospel community, mm-hmm. and we talked about the hermeneutic approach. Yep. And one of those sub questions in the hermeneutic approach was, you know, what is the author trying to say, mm-hmm. and then how is the author communicating that? Right? Yeah. So that was just thinking of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So what we're what we're doing here, especially like if I'm sitting down with somebody and they're sharing their beliefs to me, I'm not out to try to prove their beliefs wrong. But I want to make sure I, I'm really getting to the depth of uh, of what they're trying to get at, and so um, like so someone reads their beliefs to me. Okay, so so what do you mean by each of those words, right? So I get a better idea. Why did you use that word instead of this word? And and so what you know what do you really mean? What are you really getting at when you say that? that that's what this whole unpacking thing is. Yeah, and I have an example. <clears throat> of that for my beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my third one is one of my shorter ones and it's God desires to have a restored personal relationship with all mankind. So he graciously and lovingly sacrificed to provide the opportunity to, for, to all. I have a lot of adjectives in there. Yep. Um, and if you take it out, you can say God desires to have a relationship with mankind. So he provided the opportunity for all. Oh, that's really cool. And then, but what that does is that takes out a restored personal relationship. And so that goes back to um, just my view of the fall and how we did have community with God through Adam and Eve. And then he wants it to be a personal relationship. And so he's restoring a personal relationship. And then all mankind describes what to what extent of right. mankind. So that reveals another side of my theology. And then... Um, 
the description of providing the opportunity, he did it graciously. Mm -hmm. He did it lovingly and he did it sacrificially. And so it just adds a whole nother depth to your Mm -hmm. definition if you start adding in and wordsmithing some of these things. So wordsmithing, that's really good. So read the simplified version. So God desires to have a relationship with mankind, so he provides the opportunity to all. Okay, and then read the complex version. God desires to have a restored personal relationship with all mankind, so he graciously and lovingly sacrificed to provide the opportunity to all. Okay, so I'm hoping you, the listener, can hear the difference between those two, right? Um, and it's really cool because the second version, the complex version, adds some more depth to it mm-hmm. and a little more accuracy. Yeah. So one of the things is you probably wrote your belief out fairly simplified. Yeah. It would be interesting, I would encourage you, to go ahead and try try to write, write the complex version of that. Add some adjectives, add some adverbs yeah. um, to that belief to, to, to really try to get at the core mm-hmm. of, of what you believe. Yeah. So that's the first step in unpacking your, so you, first you, you list your beliefs out. Now we're unpacking them. The first thing you do in the unpacking is, is paying attention to the key concepts and what they mean and why you included it, et cetera. Yeah. The second thing that you wanna do when, as you're unpacking your beliefs is you wanna test the, the veracity of them how reliable and true are they? This is something I'm fascinated with. So I feel like everybody subconsciously thinks that their beliefs are right. Like who would consciously have a wrong belief? Yeah. Right? So I think subconsciously we assume that if we have this belief, it must be true. Because mm-hmm. why would we have a false belief? Uh, of course. But here's the thing. Let's, let's just think through this practically. There's not a single human on the planet that has perfect knowledge, mm-hmm. that has a perfect, accurate, unfalse set of beliefs. It's not possible. We're human, we're made of dust. So one of the things that I want you and I to understand, and you the listener to understand, mm-hmm. you need to come to grips with absolutely some of your beliefs are wrong. Yeah, You just need to accept that because nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. And, and so by, to me, by doing that, it brings some humility in. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, so I can't be clinging super tightly to my, my beliefs. Yeah. Um, I need to study them. I shouldn't shoot from the hip. I shouldn't wing this. I really should look at you know, what, what's the evidence that backs that belief up. Mm-hmm. You know, and this gets back to spectrum and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. But so we want to we talk through, um, you know, wh- where did my beliefs come from? Mm-hmm. And, and, and what affected me to even come to these beliefs, right? Yeah. So, so tell me, talk a little bit about that as far as just trying to humbly, honestly evaluate the truthfulness of your belief. Yeah. And just one quick side note on the humility thing. Um, first, humility is just really important. We just went through a study on that and yep. just recognizing a lot of the different benefits and everything of that, um, which we'll be doing in the third season, discussing that more. But Something my youth pastor always said is we need to hold our opinions humbly and with an open hand. Yes. And I think that just that word picture of an open hand with our beliefs is powerful because Mm -hmm. what I mean, the opposite of an open hand is a closed hand. And that has a lot of tension. It has a lot of um, determination like you need to be holding on to this. But when you actually just have your hand open, um, my hands relaxed, my hand is available for you to inspect my beliefs for you to add something maybe subtract something I really like that. Uh, and so just that whole idea of humility and not feeling the need to hold on as tightly as possible which if and i mean if you think about it if you do have a correct belief then this doesn't matter i was just saying that because you can trust it yeah yeah because i can look at it you can look at it hmm. and we can both say 
okay, I, I see where you're coming from now because I can see all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually makes sense. And so it's just a whole nother just posture of humility that allows you to really um, be able to explain your beliefs more, demonstrate them more, and have you can have a more complete understanding and someone else can have a more complete understanding. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I think that it's important that we figure out where our beliefs come from in the sense of what are we basing them on? Mm -hmm. Uh, if we're basing them off of MTV, we're going to have a very different set of beliefs than if we base them off of scripture. Uh, and so as we go through really figuring out, okay, why do I believe that? Is that just something culture has always told me, Mm -hmm. uh, that, I need to be pursuing this or doing this, or this is the standard for excellence, or is that something that's actually biblical? Mm -hmm. And once you figure out where your beliefs are coming from, you can actually begin to figure out more of the veracity, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. is this, how much weight should I be putting into this? Mm -hmm. If this is something that you saw on Facebook, just scrolling through one of the clickbait ads, probably want to put less weight on it than you do if you heard it from a college professor or just stuff like that. Yeah. Can somebody, um, can we form our beliefs on things outside of scripture? Yeah, I think that that's definitely not a dangerous thing. I think that you do have to be aware of what it just comes back to awareness, figuring out where you're actually coming from the things and then what you're believing because uh, like God created the world. Uh, We can see a lot of different things in nature and see just, we can learn a lot from something other than the biblical text. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, We just need to be careful when what we start learning from culture or wherever starts contradicting the biblical text. Let the Bible be the anchor of the North Star or whatever. Yeah. So let me make a little side note on this. I, and we talked about this beforehand, I fully realize, you know, if, if, if you don't know me or Zach personally and you kind of stumbled across this uh, podcast or somebody recommended it or whatever, mm-hmm. the going through the first season on the spiritual lenses and then going through this season on Know Thyself, we frequently reference Scripture. It's foundational to us, yeah. but it's a reference only. We're not exploring Scripture yet. Mm-hmm. And I have friends of mine that are, are much more conservative than I am. <laughs> And they feel like sometimes rekindling is kind of loosey-goosey, it's about you, and you feel good about yourself, et cetera, because they, they're familiar with the lenses, like season one and season mm-hmm. two, they know they self. And so, so they recognize that we're referencing Scripture, but that's it. I want to let people know that Scripture is so ridiculously foundational to me, mm-hmm. and it's going to show in season three. Yeah. So season three is going to be the unpacking, which is going to be the exploration of Scripture as we're looking at different concepts and what does the Bible have to say about this concept. So we get very, very intentional with that. And so I fully recognize and want to admit that the the lenses and and the know they self aren't exploring Scripture directly, though the know they self concept and the lenses are rooted scripturally, right? Mm -hmm. And so so I just want to put that out there, that even though we don't talk a whole lot about that, um, that it's so foundational to us. So, having, go ahead. And I just want to, uh, some of you probably aren't as familiar with the unpacking process, so I just want to give yeah, a quick 20-second overview of that. Uh, basically, what that is, is we say, okay, we're going to talk about, we want to explore what the Bible says about humility. And uh, what Shannon will do is he'll go through different Bible softwares and find all of the words in Scripture that has humility, humble, um, lowly, just finds different words that relate to that topic 
finds all of them in scripture, comes up with a list of a couple hundred. Uh, they normally range from like 700, like 1200, somewhere 700, 1200, something like that. Yeah. Um, and then what we do is over the course of four weeks or even eight weeks, sometimes depending on the topic and how big it is, we just go through and look at every single verse and say, what is scripture actually teaching about this? Go through that for a couple weeks and then talk about the implications of what scripture is saying. Mm -hmm. And so that is, I mean, pretty much as scripturally based as you can get. Um, And so that's just quick little overview of what that whole process looks like. So one statement that I do want to make about scripture. So I, I, you know, I agree with you that your beliefs are are going to come from a number of different factors. Mm -hmm. So it goes back to the nature nurture and these things that we've been talking about. I want to encourage people to let the Bible, the scriptures, have the strongest influence yes. on your beliefs. Yes. It's to me it's the one that's the most trustworthy and reliable. Mm-hmm. And so like we just finished that workshop where we went through like the the veracity of scripture, its trustworthiness yep. in the copying of the text, you know, the transmission of the text, the mm-hmm. translating of the text, um, even just the wisdom found within the text, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, we're, and obviously we're gonna explore this a whole lot further. I'm just kind of making a quick statement. Yeah. So so my take on on scripture, you know, if anybody's nervous that this is one of those, you know, liberal <laughs> ministries or whatever, it, it's a very moderate ministry. We're not liberal, we're not conservative spectrum um, spectrum yeah <laughs> and um and so i the, the three terms that i use for the scripture is infallible uh, authoritative and transformative and so i believe the bible is infallible i believe that it is 100 percent trustworthy mm-hmm. it will never lead you wrong it always has wisdom it always has truth it will always lead you in the direction that you need to go i believe that, that it's god inspired mm-hmm. right um, and so, because of uh, because it has it's the God inspired, God authored it, men penned it, and because it's infallible, I believe that it's authoritative. Yeah. And I believe that the Bible is not a list of recommendations of or suggestions of what you could do if needed. Mm-hmm. I really do believe it's a clear picture. Not even well, clear. It's a complex picture. <laughs> yeah. It's a complex picture of who God is and what He's trying to do and what He expects of us. Um, and so we need to put ourselves at its feet. We need to let it be the authority. So when it says something, you know, you, you really, I mean, this is the whole rabbit trail, but how do you know what it says and what it means and, mm-hmm. you know, what's the application, et cetera? That's all for another discussion. But you need to approach the text that way. And then as the text is laying it out, you need to live it. Yeah. Um, and, and I believe that it's transformative. I believe that if you actually do that and you begin to obey the details of the Bible to the, and apply the details of the Bible to the details of your life, mm-hmm. um, that it's going to transform your character. It might transform your situations and environments as well, but definitely it's going to transform your character. So, so two examples of this. So the, you know, the, the, the sub-point is how do I know if my beliefs are accurate or true mm-hmm. or right? Um, you need to test them. Yeah. So go back. You know, where did I? Where did I? Um, what if? What, what were the factors that led me to come to this belief? How good or quality were those factors? Mm-hmm. Right. And if it's scripture, it's one that you can really. It can be. It's a strong quality factor. And so, two quick examples. One, just myself. I remember when I was reading the text in seminary, and I came across the passage about do everything without complaint, hmm. and it just hit me. It was like, all right, do everything without complaint. Like that's a command. Yeah. Um, and complain at, you know, I looked up the word, means like to murmur, you know, uh, or whatever, to talk, to talk bad about, mm-hmm. to whatever degree. Um, and just thinking through that, like, man, I, I, I need to let that affect me. Mm-hmm. And so this, this wouldn't be one of my core beliefs, but one of my subset beliefs is that complaining is not a mature thing to do. Um, and it came from the scripture. Yeah. <clears throat> the other example 
is I heard a lady um, speak recently on, uh, I'm not, not going to give her name, but she was telling her story. Mm-hmm. And she, when she was younger, she was a, a very liberal professor, a lesbian, had a, had a living um, partner, all mm-hmm. that. Now she, I don't know how she is now, but she's older now, and she's uh, a believer, believes that Jesus is Lord, believes the Bible is true. Uh, she's married now, and, and so she, has a husband. Has a husband, yeah. And so she was, she was telling her story, and so I was, I was fascinated by it. And one of the things I'm trying, I'll try to give a simple, quick version of this. She had, she decided, you know, she was kind of anti-religion or just not a fan of Christianity and the Bible. Yeah. But she was writing some book or something, and she, and she was going to be referencing the Bible, and so she realized that she needed to investigate it, like she needed to be honest and, and read it. Mm-hmm. And she was a, a like a literary professor or something yeah. so she she read the entire bible like seven times in four years or something, something crazy like that, like yeah. that. Um, and you know and I think her attitude was uh, now I'm not gonna agree with any of this mm-hmm. but I'll go ahead and read it just because I don't want to judge something that I haven't read I just yeah. that's to me is very noble mm-hmm. right so anyways so she started reading it through and as she was reading it through she realized there's a lot of stuff in here I have no idea what this is saying so I probably need to talk to somebody who's an expert again I don't have to agree with any of it mm-hmm. but I need to talk to somebody who's an expert in it so they can explain it to me so she'd met this pastor and his wife and they ended up forming a really awesome friendship and they would answer her questions and that kind of thing. And so as she was reading through it, you know, there were certain parts she's like, definitely not, you know. But she realized there was some there was some really good wisdom. Like I had a friend of mine once who who he's not a believer, doesn't follow Jesus, but he was telling me his paradigm for life. Mm-hmm. And his paradigm for life fit very well with scripture. Yeah. And he never read the Bible because that's what Christians read. And I was like, I'm gonna encourage you. Like you don't have to drink the Jesus Kool-Aid right yet. Like, Hopefully you do eventually. I think he's the most amazing king ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you probably do want to read the Bible because it actually agrees with a lot of your paradigms, right? Yeah. So she started realizing there were certain wisdom and certain truth that she actually really admired. Another thing that she realized was, this goes back to you know understanding that you have wrong beliefs. Mm-hmm. She, she realized that every single one of us has a distorted view of reality. Yeah. Um, because we're human, we're made of dust, we're imperfect. None of us have a perfectly clear rendering of reality. And so she, so that was humbling for her. Like, you know, I, I, sure, I can be honest with that, that I have a distorted view just like everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Now I have maybe a distorted view about this issue, but not this issue, you know, and that kind of went back and forth. But anyways, the more she read scripture, the more she saw the wisdom, and the more she started concluding, maybe this, maybe the way this Bible was written, maybe there was a divine element to it, and maybe it does have an unfiltered view of, of, uh, of reality. Mm-hmm. So eventually she had to deal with the, the sexuality issue, mm-hmm. right, homosexuality versus, versus heterosexuality. Sexuality, and and eventually, long term, concluded that that the the unfiltered view of reality is that God intends for man and woman, right? Yeah. Um. And and she came around to that, and I I was mesmerized by somebody just honestly over years mm-hmm. kind of working their way through those conclusions. So that's just when we talk about when you're unpacking your beliefs. And how do I know that this that this belief is true or accurate or reliable or trustworthy? Yeah. Um, there's uh, there's many different ways you can get them. Scripture being the strongest. Of that, right? And I think that's one of that's a wonderful example of holding your opinion humbly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I don't think because I heard the same uh, thing that you did, and I don't think that she necessarily started necessarily with like, oh, I'm just gonna kind of keep my opinion humble. But she ended up doing that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I and I think that honestly, that's incredible. Uh, there's it was really cool. There's too many believers that can't do that sort yeah, of thing yeah. and actually are willing to think through things to that extent and be willing to change their beliefs on uh, any number of issues. And so it was just really cool hearing her story and how she did make that progression. And um, it, yeah, it was mm-hmm. just fascinating. And I just want to reiterate one more time again the importance of spectrum thinking. And so if you haven't, if you're not familiar with spectrum, you can go to back to season one, episode one point zero five, I think it is. Um, yes. Yep. Yeah. One point zero five. Um, 
on and listen to Spectrum and just understand that that life is complex. Mm-hmm. That reality is complex. It exists on a, on, a, on a spectrum or a continuum, and so that's going to affect beliefs and that kind of deal. Yeah. So so you've written your belief out. And now you've begun unpacking it, and you and you kind of identified the key concepts and definitions, and why you word it the way you did. You discussed a little bit of the the veracity and trustworthiness of that belief. Yep. And and I really like. I think you summed up well as far as having have it, You know, have your beliefs, right? Have the beliefs that you're going to have, but just have them in your in your palm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third thing that you want to do is is ask yourself how well am I living these beliefs? Yep. Because that was something I actually get asked fairly frequently in the know they self groups. They someone says, hey. So I'm writing my I'm writing my beliefs out and I'm looking at it and I realize I'm horrible at <clears throat> actually living that belief. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that it's not really a belief of mine if I'm not living it well? What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I mean that's a very real concern that people have. Uh, why, if I believe this or I think I believe this, why aren't I actually ascribing to that mm-hmm. um, and applying it or whatever? Yeah, however you want to word that. Um, and I think that one of the main things is you desire something more than whatever your belief is, or you believe something more than that. And so I I like the example that you used beforehand with uh, eating healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have the belief that you know it's better to eat healthy and you know that um, that's better for your body, that's better long-term health-wise, all of these different things, that's great. But if you like chocolate chip cookies – then it doesn't really matter what you believe about eating healthy because every time you walk past a plate of cookies, you're going to pick one up. Mm -hmm. And so this really goes back to the whole uh, seven steps change that we talked about at the end of season one. Your belief and your desire to change your belief or implement it needs to outweigh your desire to not implement it. And so whether it's eating healthy or uh, not complaining, even like you were just saying, if you say one of my beliefs is I need to stop complaining and then you find yourself complaining, what's going on? I do I not believe this? Mm -hmm. No, you probably do. It's just hard to implement. Mm -hmm. And so actually Mm -hmm. working through the seven steps of change or however you start going about that can really help you and improve the motivation that you have to actually implement whatever your belief is in a much more practical and real way. So, so here's the thing. You're going to have um, people tell you, listen, if you say you believe it, but then you're not really doing it, then you don't believe it. Hmm. That's, to me, black and white thinking and not spectrum, and that's not really yeah. accurate. Um, so, because we can give examples where you really do believe it, like so with, with the, you know eating healthy. I sure I believe that eating healthy is is, is good for the body. Mm-hmm. I don't do it because there's other factors like taste, you know, what have you. Yeah. Um, and so and so if you and, and you had mentioned because we were discussing this earlier, the flesh spirit. Yeah. So that that's another whole element is understanding that you you are spirit, but you're also flesh, right? Mm-hmm. This is of course Christianese that we're using right now. Yeah. Um, you have your, your natural body and you have your soul. And so the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm-hmm. That, that's where this would play in. So your spirit, your mind, et cetera, may truly believe this is some true belief. Yeah. But your body doesn't necessarily want to act on it because the cost is too high. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to what you were just saying with seven steps of change. Yeah. So understand that it is possible for you to really have a core belief and not live it well. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean that you don't have the belief. It just means there's other factors going on that are keeping you from it. So if somebody, a listener, is looking at their beliefs and they're realizing, oh, there's one or two on here, man, I do believe that, but I don't do that, hmm. and, and, and they want to get rid of that tension, what would you say to them? 
I would say a couple things, and I think that one thing that it's important to do is maybe take a look, take another step back, and say, are there any other beliefs that are holding attention with this belief and so maybe you have two separate oh, beliefs yeah. that are in tension with each other uh, an example that i thought of is eating healthy uh it, this isn't necessarily the most healthy belief but one is on one side you want to eat healthy and then on the other side you want to do only what's pleasurable for you mm-hmm. and so if those are your two core beliefs which again i'm not saying that those are <laughs> ones that you should necessarily go for well one of them but anyway um if and your pleasure one is winning out, then you're just going to go for the chocolate chip cookies every time. Mm -hmm. And so your two beliefs are in tension with each other. And so it's really a question of which one has the stronger pull. And that's the one that you're going to actually follow. And, and also it's probably the stronger pull in the moment. Yeah. And it probably changes from moment to moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Cause I'm thinking of even like a, a theological tension. Like I believe that everybody is made of dust Mm -hmm. Everybody has a flesh. Everybody has a tendency, a proclivity to sin. I also believe that everybody has an element of goodness in them because they're made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And so I don't say we're all good. I don't say we're all bad, right? There's, there's a mix there. And this goes back to spectrum of just that complex understanding of things. Yeah. And so I think when you actually want to get around to implementing your beliefs, uh, recognizing that, that tension mind. is yeah. good because uh, that'll just help you have an awareness of maybe figuring out, hmm, maybe I shouldn't go for one of these beliefs. And really, let, me, let me just emphasize that. It's actually good to have beliefs that are in tension mm-hmm. with each other. It's actually a good thing because you're probably going to be approaching life more comprehensively. Mm, yeah, that's true. And so it could be that you have a healthy tension that really you just need to stand there and hold. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you need to say, I'm, I, this and this are both true. They're both good. They're both biblical, however you want to word that. And so I'm just going to stand here and hold these two tensions mm-hmm. and figure out how that looks. It might, you might be in a spot where it's, hmm, I believe in eating healthy and just doing whatever I want. I probably just shouldn't do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing that one of your beliefs you might need to change. Mm-hmm. Or... Right. Yeah, just trying to find different ways to implement the beliefs that you do have. So if you don't have like an obvious tension, just figuring out what are the things that I'm desiring more or that I'm trying to pursue instead of the belief that I'm wanting to really implement. Mm -hmm. And then how can I actually start uh, changing my perspective on things? And so then I'm more prone to actually go and do the thing that I'm trying to be doing. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. So that so now you're unpacking your beliefs. You're looking at, you know, what are the core concepts and how I define them and why did I put them in in the order that I did? Mm-hmm. Um, I've thought through if I'm being really honest and I have it open in the palm of my hand, is yeah. this trustworthy, you know, et cetera. And then I've also looked at how, how well am I applying it? Kind of, kind of those, these are the three sub points. Mm-hmm. So given all that, the other thing you want to do now that you kind of have, you've, you've unpacked your, and you, you, and you do this for each belief. Yeah. Right. Um, now that you've done that a little bit, would you reword your belief a little bit? Hmm. Now that you've kind of talked it out and kind of paid a course attention to the to the um, definitions and the tensions and all mm-hmm. that, would you maybe reword it from what how you originally originally wrote it? Like you know what, actually, I don't want to write it that way. I want to write mm-hmm. it this way. And so now you have a, a, a more accurate um, wording of your beliefs. Yeah. Right. Um, so with that. Um, now we want to evaluate it. So now you, you've you've written out your beliefs, mm-hmm. you've unpacked them and yep. refined them a bit. So the last thing that you want to do is um, you want to look at your beliefs as a whole. Um, actually, let me say one more thing. I'm looking at my notes here. Okay. 
that that as you're rewording that, know that this is an ongoing process. And let's say you write it out and then you reword it. Even that rewording is probably not the final version. Mm -hmm. Because I've learned just with age, as you go through life, you're constantly learning new things, experiencing new things, and more humility comes in. You start understanding there's much more tension and and complexity to life, et cetera. You'll always probably be tweaking and refining just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And and you'll find another word that you really like, and you'll use that word. Um, And so know that this is a lifelong process of of refining it. And know that, that... um, sometimes it's just small little changes in the wording. Yeah. You may actually find there's drastic changes. There's a, there's a belief that you had in the past, you know, and, you ha- and, and as you let it open in your hand, you realize you didn't even want it in your hand, mm-hmm. and you got rid of it, and, and you replaced it with another belief. Typically, we don't change our beliefs very often, and typically when they do change, it's a slow burn, slow turn. Yeah. So it's like over time, you're starting to deconstruct a previous belief and then reconstruct you know, a new one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes beliefs can radically change in the moment, but I just, I just wanted to touch on it. Yeah, and I think just a helpful analogy with that with, that I've been thinking of whenever I hear slow turns is just a giant cruise ship. Uh, mm-hmm. Those don't turn on a dime. It definitely takes some willpower, some determination. You have to actively be working to turn it. And that is definitely in contrast to a jet ski. Uh, And so just as you're going through, maybe you have a belief that you want to be changing. Keep in mind that it's going to be a process. It's a big thing that you're trying to shift. And so don't expect to turn in 25 feet. Right. Be content to be patient enough to actually ride it through through the full duration of the turn. And I'm not... uh, scientifically knowledgeable and all these things. I just know the general concept of synapses in the brain. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why this is a slow turn, slow burn is that your brain, like I'm fascinated with the human mind and how God designed it and how it works the way it works. And I wish we paid more attention to how the mind works. But I realized that, you know, as a kid, like I was reading a book about as a kid and you're experiencing things, it's all subconscious as a kid, not conscious, Mm -hmm. but your brain is taking that information and processing it all. And it's forming synapses and conclusions and connections and that kind of deal. Um, And it's difficult. The brain doesn't like reforming synapses. It will, but doesn't like it. Mm -hmm. So if you had a a really bad, let's say you were molested or just in some kind of verbal abuse as a kid or whatever, some very negative, unhealthy synapses is formed, which you had no control over. It's just how your brain knew to respond to it. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say you're in your 20s now and you're going to counseling. What the counselor is going to try to do is help you reform new synapses that are healthier ways of thinking. Yeah. So that you can like stop beating yourself up with guilt, you know, or whatever it may be. So this is why the synapse, the, why the whole thing is a slow turn, slow burn, because your synapses have already formed with your beliefs, mm-hmm. and it doesn't like to change those, um, but it can. Yeah, right. You can always change it. Yep. So, so now you've you've unpacked the beliefs, um, and I, I want you to kind of take a step back and just look at those three or four or five or ten or fifteen, how many beliefs you, you know you had, and you've unpacked all of them. What does it tell you about yourself? Like just just kind of looking at at a snapshot view of that. It's like when we do the workshop, you know, we do the beliefs, we do the values. One of the things that we'll do is is you know, like I forget like with the values, which we're going to do next week. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have somebody list all their values up. And I said, all right, so, t- and then I asked the group, so you're looking at this list. Let's say you don't know this person yeah. and I've just showed you a random anonymous person and this is their list of values. What can you tell about the individual? Now be careful because there's a thousand factors that you don't know about, mm-hmm. but you can get some things you know picked up on. Same with beliefs. So when, so try to look at your beliefs kind of um, uh, neutrally, mm-hmm. right? Just dispassionately or whatever. Look at you, at those core beliefs that you have. What does it tell you about you? Yeah, you know, um, is there a certain tone? 
maybe it's a harsher tone or it's a gentle tone. Mm -hmm. Is there a certain theme or pattern that they all still revolve around this core issue? Yeah. Um, does it tell you a little bit about your calling maybe? That maybe maybe you're supposed to be a champion and there's something you're really passionate about. And so the beliefs help clue you into what you're supposed to champion. Or maybe you're the, maybe you're very organized and structured and that shows up in a lot of your beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so if a lot of your beliefs are revolved around structure and order, that actually does tell you something about your calling, that your calling is probably gonna entail order and structure. Yeah. So maybe you're gonna be an engineer or a supervisor, you know, or whatever the case may be. So so what are some of the questions you might ask yourself as as you're trying to see, you know, what what does this tell me about me? I think some of those questions that you can be asking yourself are just, um, uh, my mind just completely went blank. Uh, you can be asking yourself, why do I believe the things that, just some of the things that we've talked about, why do I believe the things that I believe? What sorts of things have influenced these beliefs? Uh, well, and that goes back to part of the unpacking. Yeah. So we've kind of done all that now. So now you're just looking at what does this tell me about me? Yeah, and so then you can really start to say, okay, how does that belief play itself out practically in my life? Mm, um, mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. does this look like yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis? Uh, what are the implications? And, yeah, yeah, how does this impact the way I view myself? How does this impact the way I view others and interact with others? And just moving on uh, from the unpacking, like you were just saying, to more of just the practical, so what? What does that mean? Yeah. What is that going to result in? Yeah. So what I'm hoping for is, as you look at this list, there's there's probably some noble things in there. I think everybody has some good in them. Mm -hmm. And so, what are some of the noble elements to your beliefs that you should em embrace and celebrate? Yeah. And then, if we're being honest, because we probably have some wrong beliefs or maybe some unhealthy beliefs, mm -hmm. what are some of the unhealthy beliefs that maybe you know you want to keep it open in the palm of your hand? That maybe that needs to change over time, right? And just yeah. kind of finding that balance. Mm -hmm. And so now we are going to just transition into a time of question and answer and hopefully clear up any confusion that you guys might have. Great. Okay. So the first question that we have is just pretty general, but how does this whole concept play into your calling and figuring out what that is? Yeah. So remember the analogy we gave last week about um, the archaeological dig? Mm -hmm. And like you found like the horseshoe and the straw and that kind of thing. Yep. And there are clues as to what your calling is. We, as you're looking at your beliefs, clues are going to emerge, like different patterns. Yeah. Uh, and so the clues are going to help help you understand what your calling is. But like, you know, when we first started digging, we didn't know what to always make of the clues. Mm -hmm. So you really don't even want to try to begin yet, just because we're only in the first question. Yeah. You don't want to try to begin yet to figure your calling out. Just recognize that there are clues in hindsight when we come back and we put all this together. There are cl clues from your, your uh, beliefs that did hint toward what your calling was. Yeah, and but we really can't identify them directly now. No, except I like what you're saying with the whole pattern thing that we can start to see some of the patterns mm -hmm. that will start yeah. to really uh, nail down what our beliefs actually are and eventually are calling. Secondly, what if someone is just having a difficult time starting trying to figure out what their beliefs are? What advice would you give for them? Uh, you know, the best thing is, is like, you know, we gave examples earlier in the session. So it's just nice to have those examples to know where to go. Mm -hmm. So you had even mentioned this beforehand where, so if you're having trouble identifying your beliefs, go back and listen to the examples that we gave and then ask yourself, do I agree with it or disagree with it? Hmm. Um, if I agree with it, do I agree with exactly that wording? Yep. Well, then that's one of my beliefs. Or I would, I would use this wording to say that concept. If you disagree with it, is it only slightly because of a certain word or two? And then mm -hmm. if, it if the word or two changed, you would agree with it? Yeah. Then there's your belief. It could be that you believe the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. um, and so you would just word the opposite of that, and that's your belief. So you'd want to start with examples like that. Um, it also may be a timing issue. 
Hmm. Then maybe maybe there's just other stuff going on in your life right now, other factors, other other challenges that you're dealing with that you just need to table this. It may just be maybe maybe not may not a season for you, hmm. and another season you'd you'd be able to do, <clears throat> to do this. Um, the other thing you can do is is have someone help you walk through this with you. Be very careful about who you choose with yeah. that. Um, choose a reliable, trustworthy person. Um, but maybe they can, you can bounce ideas off them and then you talking it out. Maybe you're a verbal processor. Mm-hmm. And so you talking it out would help. You know, and, they, and they're not supposed to tell you what to believe. Yes. But they yes. can be asking you questions to help you get to what your belief are, you know? And I would say, you know, we always say this, if you have questions or comments, you can contact us, mm-hmm. the rekindlingministries.com or info at rekindlingministries.com, um, websites.com or .org. But anyways, um, but you can email us, and that may be a little bit more difficult, but we can at least try maybe via email or phone call or something um, to, to see if we can, we can help you hash it out. Yeah. And then also a question that we like to ask for all of the things that we go through, what are the sweet and sours? And so if you don't know what I mean by that, just with sweet things, what are the good things that make you smile? And then sours, what are the good things that make you wins when it relates to this topic? Yeah. So some of the sweets to this, um, if, if you actually are going through the whole early self process and specifically beliefs, mm-hmm. and you're, you're identifying and evaluating and unpacking your beliefs, um, it's going to bring you self-awareness which is gonna bring you confidence. Um, it's going to help you better understand life as well. So you'll better understand yourself. You're also gonna be- understand a little bit why life is the way that it is because you, you've begun thinking through these things more in depth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna give you more intentionality in living your life. When you start making the connection between your subconscious beliefs and why you behave the way that you behave, it'll actually change the way you behave. You mentioned that earlier. Yeah. And so it'll create more intentionality. Um, another one is I think you're just kind of charging your brain. You're exercising your brain. Mm-hmm. So your brain's just going to get healthier in the way that you think and understand things by going through this. So those would be some of the sweets. Uh, some of the sours, you know, again, good things, just it's going to be difficult to deal with. Um, this is difficult to do. This has not come easy for us. I think that's why most people don't do things like this. Mm-hmm. So it is going to be a challenge. Um, also, pride, stubborn issues are going to arise. Mm-hmm. So because you're going to want to cling tightly. I really like the way you talk the hand thing. You're going to cling tightly to your beliefs and not want to give them up because yeah. nobody likes to admit they were wrong. Nope. Um, and so this is going to challenge you in that area. So those would be two sours, I would say. Yeah, and then even relating to uh, holding on to your issues, uh, this could be a really long answer, but uh, I think that we'll be able to elaborate it more later on. Uh, How are we supposed to interact with others when we figure out they have different beliefs than us? Just Mm. Because there's a lot of different ways that that interaction could look. Just what do you think is a healthy way to actually go about that? Man, so this is a big issue (coughs) for both you and I. Mm. Um, And... We're already at an hour, so we can't we can't say a whole lot right now. And I, th- I think I want you know I think we will do a whole episode just on unity yeah. and, and what it looks like, and it's spectrum all over again. So again, we encourage you to go back to season one, episode five, and listen to that. Mm-hmm. But what I would say is is one thing: understand that life is complex. And it's like with the spectrum mentality, if somebody has a different belief than you, it may still be within the parameters of what's right, mm-hmm. and and the nuances are different, you know, or the uh, you know the other certain factors are different, yeah. but both of you it's okay that both of you are right in having slightly different beliefs Mm -hmm. it could be more of a black and white type thing where both can't be right and they actually have a wrong belief right so the first thing is you always want to love people you always want to show them um, respect always Mm -hmm. Um, and then you also want to be flexible accepting that there's not always one right belief because things are on on a spectrum Mm -hmm. Um, and this is where the humility comes in and, and just really being patient with that kind of thing 
But let's assume that this is more of a black and white absolute type thing and okay. they have a wrong belief and you want to change it. Or you want to help them change it. The first thing I would say is make sure you're doing it out of love and encouragement, not control or pride. Hmm. You know, Ask yourself, why am I trying to change their belief? Just so I can win the conversation and I'm shown to be the wise one? Yeah. Or because you really feel that their, their belief is detrimental to them? or others around them, mm-hmm. and so it's out of love and encouragement that you do that. So you would ask your motivation of why you're trying to address that change. Second thing is you need to <laughs> verify um, your belief mm-hmm. and why it's right and show your work, like mm-hmm. in math class. Yep. And so don't just tell them, listen, the Bible clearly teaches, or you know, this, you know, time is money, it's, it's unquestionable, it's just accept it. People need to be persuaded. And so it, it's don't just tell them this is what the belief is. Yeah. Walk them through why you came to that conclusion and why they should too. Consider asking instead of telling, like asking introspective questions so that it creates more of an internal buy-in. Yeah, and actually, if I can just throw on one sure. one thing really quick, uh, that both of us are really passionate about that. We want to make sure that we avoid speaking in generalities. Right. Uh, we don't want to be making these absolute statements of always or never, because most all of the time they're inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, we were or discussing. Partially accurate, yeah, there yeah. are some instances where we think that it's possible that it might be okay, but just being really aware that that. Can can be really divisive and it can actually end really poorly when we start doing that. Yeah, because unity, the goal is unity, not uniformity, mm-hmm. you know, or unity in the midst of diversity. So take a balanced approach to that. And then, and then, so, you know, first of all, just love and respect them. Be flexible with the whole spectrum, complex way of, of the way that life works. If you are, if you realize I do need to help change their beliefs in this, mm-hmm. make sure you're doing it with the right motivations. Make sure you're verifying and showing your work and trying to get internal buy in. Yeah. And another thing is, if they, I'm a free will guy. And so if in the end they choose not to believe that you can't get angry with them hmm. right um and so you just you just need to accept that they're going to believe differently than you you need to respect that that free will choice um and then the other thing i would say also is this goes two ways so you this goes back to the open hand you need to be willing to be changed as well yeah that you may have been always taught a certain thing and you never questioned it but actually when you start to question it you realize maybe you hold to something different mm-hmm. and so you should be open to that so much more to say on that but that's just what i would say kind of quickly okay so, so that's it. That's what we'll stop for, t- for today with the beliefs. Next week, we're going to go into the values. Um, and so hopefully, this you were able to, to do yours and learn about yourself mm-hmm. um, and take the next step in that process. So thanks, guys, for listening. And we will see you next week. Sounds great.